the world of Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles, now streaming only on Paramount+. Plus. Yes! Welcome to the Power Cat Podcast, the original K-State sports show. Now let's go to the rolling Flint Hills, home of the Cats and Dogs studio. Here's your host, Cole Carmody. Hello, everyone, and welcome in here to the PowerCat Podcast, a special edition of the PowerCat Podcast, as today we are joined by Kansas State head baseball coach Pete Hughes. I'm Cole Carmody of GoPowerCat.com, and for the next 25, 30 minutes, we're going to guide you through some K-State baseball, get Coach Hughes' thoughts on the team. Um, Coach, we'll just start with this. First off, thanks so much for joining me. I know you're down in Arizona right now getting ready for opening night. Um, how is that coming along and just how excited are the guys to be opening the season down there? You know, our guys have hit the ground running since uh, they got on campus second week of January. Pretty motivated group, pretty veteran group. They, they, they know what I expect and, and uh, they're, they're accustomed to the program standards, you know, so it's a focused group and, and we just got so lucky with this preseason with the weather, you know, it's, it's really cooperated with what we've done. And I think we're indoors maybe two or three days early on with that real cold snap. But after that, it's, it's just invaluable to get outside and, and scrimmage and, and, and play live and, you know, and lengthen your, your, your pitchers outings and, and see balls come out of the sky. So uh, we shouldn't have any excuse of a, of a cold weather region team, you know, playing outside for the first time. Cause it's not, we're, we're ready to go. I actually, we came down a day early just so I could get some ground balls for these infielders out of the, the dirt and the, and the uh, grass, which is, it plays differently than our turf. And uh, it couldn't have worked out any better. Our guys are ready to go. I think they're sick of playing, you know, against the same jerseys and scrimmage. They ready, ready to, ready to battle against another Jersey now. And that, that'll be fun tomorrow night against Cal. You know, it's kind of funny you say that, right? Every baseball fan is so used to the grass and dirt being a part of the infield, and now it seems like everybody has turf. Um, that's just the life of college baseball. Um, I want to ask you about your team. Uh, 17 guys could return, 22 newcomers. Um, when you found out, specifically a guy like Brady Day, who was drafted by the Atlanta Braves, decides to come back, and you know you're going to get back Kalen Culpepper and another guy in Tyson Neighbors, I mean, just how excited are you about the group of guys that are coming back first off? Well, I, I didn't know in this day and age that we were going to get Tyson Neighbors back and Kalen Culpepper back. <laughs> yeah. You know, there are uh, third-party vultures in the underbelly of college baseball like it, in, in, like it in every other sport. And uh, our culture is strong enough to fend those people off and – and our kids are too tight. They're, they're too loyal to their teammates and their coaching staff. And, and honestly, our community um, to, to think about making a move like that. And I think they have a little chip on their shoulder from last year. And there's a lot of unfinished business for them in our program. And um, so that was nice to get those two guys back. And, and uh, Brady Day to, to have another year of draft uh, leverage to come back and have the faith in our coaching staff to elevate his draft status and, and be a part of our, our program again. And then Owen Barima, you know, Owen's, Owen's our Friday night guy. He turned down a lot of money, a significant amount of money to uh, for a free agent deal. And, and, and so did Ty Rule. So, you know, you get those five guys right there that uh, have 
decided to stay together and and, and come back and and um, you know get our program to a national level. And uh, I think we're all ready for it. And I think that had a lot to do with all those kids coming back and staying in purple. Well, you bring that up, and that's, that's that's where I wanted to go next. I mean, college baseball for fans who are not familiar, it, it, it is a different animal, right? I mean, you, we go back to last year and. Uh, part of the reason LSU was as good as they were, you guys got a chance to see that firsthand. Tommy White, a transfer from NC State. Paul Skeens obviously coming in from Air Force. I mean, two of their best players were guys that had transferred into their program. I know that that's something that you guys are constantly having to deal with. And on top of that is the NIL aspect. I mean, how challenging is it for you to try and navigate not only keeping your own guys, but finding a way to use the portal, to use that NIL tool as a way to elevate your program? Well, it's it's part of the landscape, whether we like it or not. And, you know, we have to use it to our advantage. And, you know, like I said, this offseason, you, you should be where you should be extremely proud and excited that you have, for the first time in the history of your program, two kids on Team USA. Yeah. And uh, But the only thing I did was worry that they were going to get picked off by – kids that are representing other universities in that dugout and, and it, it certainly happened and uh, we're just lucky we have the two kids that that we had on team usa and then stay true and stay loyal and they grew up in the right households and they have integrity and values and, and that's what we're all about but it's you never stop worrying now on the other hand i don't want to sound hypocritical the portal has been very good to us and, uh, and it has to be a, a major part of your recruiting um, angle right now and, and philosophy or you're going to get passed by on the field especially in the power four um you know the average age of kids out there right now it w- wasn't like it was two years ago it's the kids are 22 like a 23 year olds playing it's it's a it's a really high level i mean jordan wicks two and a half years later is in the big leagues and we have kids going to double a in their first you know full season of minor league ball so it's at a high level and if you go the high school route and only the high school route, there's a huge learning curve and and, and you're going to get beat, quite honestly. So, yeah, the, the portal uh, is is a major tool for us. And, you know, and NIL comes with that. And uh, it's just the day and age. Somehow we got into this. I'm not sure how it happened, but uh, I got hired to win games and, and, and figure out the best way to do that for Kansas State. And this is just one of the other things that I got to work through in the, that equation. Is this the best college baseball has ever been as a whole? Yeah, absolutely. It's not even close. Yeah, it's it's not even close. And that's why, you know, Cole, they had four years ago, they took the Major League Baseball draft and made it from 40 rounds to 20. So there's 20 rounds of kids that normally would be starting their professional career that are, are coming back to the colleges and they're, they're playing in our programs. Uh, and, and for that reason, why it's at the highest level that I've seen. I've been around a little bit. Yeah. Well, I, I won't tell people how long because I was looking up your bio and was doing some research before this podcast. I'm not going to tell fans how long you've been coaching, although it should be a sense of pride, coach. I hope you know <laughs> with age comes wisdom. So there's that. Um, Thank you, Cole. You're very welcome. Um, I want to talk about some of your transfers because um, that group is a very impressive group. And we'll start with Chuck Ingram. Uh, you guys got a chance to see him up close and personal at Wichita State. What does he bring to your outfield? Uh, he, first of all, it brings maturity um, and leadership to our clubhouse. And anytime you can add that, it's a, it's, it's a major asset. Played a lot of baseball since in Division One since the day he stepped on Wichita State's campus. Uh, 
you know, for him, he, he kind of fits our, our offensive model. You know, you, you play for us if you get on base, if you steal a base, or if you hit a home run. And and Chuck's pretty proficient at at doing all three. And I think he's he's made another jump with Coach Waits in his game offensively. But uh, he's a physical presence, but he brings in maturity, and he's a winner, and he's motivated. And, um, you know, I called him the first day, went into the portal, and he said, yeah, Coach, I've, I've always wanted to be a cat. So that was a pretty easy recruiting deal right there. But, yeah. it, but we're lucky to have Chuck. He's an awesome player. Yeah, I mean, you guys have had very lots of success stories in the transfer portal. Um, Roberto Pena last year, um, you know, just to one guy to name a few. Uh, another guy that you bring in is David Bishop from TCU, another guy you're pretty familiar with. What, is, what does David bring to the table? You know, he, he's won a lot. You know, he, he went to Omaha. You know, that's, he, he's been a part of that. And, uh, and he's also, you know, he's, he's played – He's played a lot of baseball since his freshman year at TCU, and that's invaluable in the Big 12. He was an all-Big 12 performer as a freshman. And, um, he just made a move to, to elevate his game, and, and uh, he was friendly with a couple guys on our team. And, you know, if you talk, if you talk to the kids in our program, that they're, they're our best recruiters because they tell the truth and they tell, you know, the, our, our coach's ability to develop and – and the, how strong our culture is. And um, David was all in, you know, he's, he's looking to play every day and then elevate his game. And uh, again, a physical presence, 6'4", 215, he can run, he hits with power. Um, phenomenal kid. He fits right in with our with our team. And um, uh, he's got a big smile on his face every day. So uh, I think the move has worked out good, you know, whether he produces or not for us, but we think he's going to have an outstanding year. And you bring up the winning aspect. It feels like, you know, regardless of the sport, Jerome Tain talks about this all the time with the basketball team. He wants to go out and recruit winners and um, take, a, take a look up and down your roster. You talk about David Bishop. Another guy who's won a lot is Jacob Frost uh, at the junior college level, appearing in two junior college World Series. He's going to be your Sunday starter to open the season. Um, how excited are you about his progression and and how important really in the recruiting process is going out and getting kids who know how to win yeah look, look at daniel rivera he'll he'll start at third base for us you know he came from southern new hampshire university division two but he played in three national championship games you know and uh, he's won a ton of games and and so is jacob frost and Jake, Jacob's invaluable to us because he's won a ton of games and he's left-handed, you know. So he he's been outstanding this preseason. Had had a little setback um, where we had to get him off schedule a little bit, but he's back on track. Um, he'll have he'll have a good outing on Sunday. It won't be your normal extended outing, but you know his stuff will play. It's as it's as good as it gets in the Big Twelve. I, I'm high on that kid. It just not on just stuff, but just his approach, his maturity, which comes from winning, um, his confidence, his focus. I mean, he is he is locked in every single day, and um, he's he stepped right into our mission and our standard. And uh, you know he'll he'll be at the he'll be at the front end of our rotation on the weekends. And part of your job, along with writing the lineup card, is finding a way to, you know, not only put kids in the best position to be successful, but deal with the pitching staff as well. And I want to ask you about Tyson Neighbors a little bit because I think it's pretty easy for fans to sit back and say, okay, uh, K State is winning. It's the eighth inning or the ninth inning, and they're going to 
put them in and the game's going to be over. But there's a lot more that goes into that. And especially early on in the season, I mean, is there any kind of, you know, pitch count? Do you have a plan to use him? Because as easy as it would be to say, all right, the eighth and the ninth belong to Tyson every single game. That's just, it's, it's not necessarily very plausible at this moment, is it? Yeah, that's softball. You know, we, I, I wish we could do that. Wow. What a luxury. Uh, you got to be careful. Uh, you know, he's not going to, first of all, you're not going to go to Omaha with two or three superstars. You, you're going to have, you got to go to Omaha with, you know, 10, 12 support group. And, and uh, we built a deep enough pitching staff where, you know, when, when Tyson is down, Tyson is down. And, uh, and, if, and if I commit to him, which I always do pregame, if he's down, then I'm not going to put him in. I've, I've never, I've never run a kid out there um, to, to win a game where I thought that his health was in jeopardy. Tyson's going to have a long, long, long career in this game and, and it's going to be very successful at the highest levels. I do believe that. I'm not going to do anything to put that in jeopardy. I'm going to protect him. Um, but he's also very super competitive and, and just no one wants to win more for Kansas State than that kid. And it's my job to tell him that he's not going to go back out that inning or he's going to come out of the game or he's not going to pitch today. That's mm-hmm. my job as an adult, as a coach. And I need to protect his health. I need to protect his career. And at the same time, put our program in the best possible position to win baseball games. And in saying that, we can win baseball games without Tyson Neighbors. Um, I think we're deep enough and, and talented enough, and we have enough stuff that will play at the end of the game if Tyson is not available. Now, believe me, I, I say it all the time inside my own head, you know, when we're up five runs in the seventh or the sixth, you know, bring the big fella in, you know, because last year it, it was it was automatic, you know, and um, I don't see that changing, although, you know, a lot of, a lot of things can happen, but... Uh, we will protect him, believe me, um, and we have enough people to do that, I, I believe, with, with stuff in our program that um, no one's going to get run into the ground. And I've never done that in my career. I'm not going to start doing that. Well, you talk about protection for Tyson. One of those guys last year was Ty Rule, and um, you have him now in the starting rotation to start the season. Um, he, I know he started to kind of get stretched out as the year went on last year, but he was also one of those bridge guys that seemed to be really successful at the end of the season. How, first of all, was that a pretty easy move to move him to the rotation? And how about do you go finding that bridge guy so you can make that going from Owen uh, or to somebody else and then Tyson? How do you, who is that somebody else and how do you go about finding that? Is that really what the, this beginning part of the season is for? Well, we, we think we have the pieces to do that. Um, you know, back, back to Ty, it's, it's, I thought he was better when he started um, the last, he, he started two games at the end of the last year. And I thought he was really, really good in that role. Um, he's a really tough competitive kid. I think we, we threw, we, we extended him a lot. We used him a lot. If you use someone three times a week, that's heavy workload. And I think his, his stuff suffered a little bit because of that. So when we designated him throwing once a week, he could do the right things in between each outing and uh, recover and get his lifts in, and he was stronger and his stuff was better. So I expect him to be really good in that role this year for us. That leaves that leaves the the, the question: who's who's going to be the bridge guy to Tyson, right? And it's uh, 
I see Jackson Wentworth being a guy who's really come on this fall and this preseason. This stuff is really good. Uh, Blake Dean, a freshman from Georgia, is uh, has the stuff and, and the makeup. And um, he's proven to be have the stuff that wins in our league. So the, the Preston Martinez, a junior college transfer, gives different looks from sidearm stuff. Cole Weisenbaker can match up with lefties. You know, Sam Roberts is a submarine guy. You know, different different looks to match up to bridge that gap. And if we want to win in the Big 12 and go to Omaha, you, know, you have to be really good from the seventh inning on. And then you, to be able to do that, you have to match up in the bullpen, you know, left, left, right, right, and give them different looks. And I do believe we have that. You know, now I haven't seen him pitch in the Kansas State uniform against somebody with the lights are on. And that's always a question in my mind. Um, Everyone's good at Toynton when you're scrimmaging and, and, you, and you're comfortable. So that's why I love these tournaments. That's why I love the beginning of the season because you find out who you have right away when the heat of the battle's on. And, and, and I don't think I'll be disappointed, to be honest with you. I think these kids are ready to go and, and they're mature enough in their careers to you know, love the process and, 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 and keep getting better and, and be a part of our, our winning program. I know we've talked a lot about the pitchers, but I got to ask you about your hitting coach and and Austin Waits. I mean, this is a guy I know who's been with you for a really long time in the offseason. You guys made it a point to keep him around. How important is he to your program and and how excited and how how impressed are you? I guess you should I guess I should say with the way he has matured as a coach. Well, you know, he was the he was the first guy I recruited when I was at Virginia Tech. I'm so, believe me, I'm, I am so happy that I have the Austin Waits version I have now than it was when he was a freshman in my dugout, <laughs> right? However, I will say this, he's as talented as anybody at this level, um, and he's as good a human being as anybody in, in this profession. He connects with these kids. Um, he coaches everybody in our program, whether they're our best hitter or our last hitter. Uh, the preparation involved you know, he's consumed with the game. Uh, he's the ultimate communicator. He connects with all these guys. He's not a cookie cutter, egomaniac coach. He, everyone, he caters to everyone's style and, and uh, tries to get everyone to be the best version of themselves through, through their way, not, not his way. And, uh, you know, and he's just, he's just super analytic too, you know, and, and that's baseball right now. And, I have a whole staff that is just consumed with the analytics and, you know, I'm learning a lot from them. Um, we rely on it. You're not going to, you, you'll be nobody in the recruiting market if you don't know the analytic sides and use it to your development side. And, and you're not going to win a whole lot of games too. You'll get out coached these days. There's so much information out there, but, but Austin's at the forefront of all that. Um, yeah, that was a great move to keep him around. Uh, you know, he's like a son to me. He's like family. And, and uh, it's just been it's been nice to go through a program turnaround with him as a player and, and with him as a coach by my side. Yeah, I can imagine. It's always it's always a great thing to have people that you work with that you trust. Um, no doubt about that. The last thing I have for you before I'll let you go, Coach, I, I want to ask you about your overall goals of the season. And I know since you've gotten here, the Omahatton motto has been a big thing for you guys. You want to find a way to get to Omaha. That that that's the ultimate goal, no doubt. But how how pleased are you with the team and, and their progress towards that goal? And 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 
is that the ultimate goal for this year again? It, it, it's it's my goal every year. That's why I took this job, and I was not going to take another job that didn't give me a chance to go to Omaha. And I always said Kansas State could be special in baseball if they invested. Because anytime you have a special community, you'll get that support. And then the players will come, but they just needed to invest in the sport. And they did. You know, we're lucky we have the AD we have. He's uh, he's he's the best in the business and, and wants to win as bad as we do. And 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 we'll we'll do whatever it takes for us and and support us every step of the way. Um, but if you look at last year, Cole, you know we're up one game at the end of the year in the final series of the Big Twelve. We're up a game against TCU. They end up beating us, and, and they rob a home run for the deciding game on a Sunday. Take a ball out of the, out of the park, back in, and it was three inches. Now they went to Omaha, and we were a game ahead of them. They beat us a series three inches, and that's how close we are to going to Omaha. And we talk about it every day. It's how? What are you gonna do? to close that three inch gap, whether it's in the weight room, whether it's academically, whether it's how you practice, how you prepare, how you sleep, what are you gonna do to close that gap? It's three inches, that's how close we are. And people people, people look away from saying things like Omaha, but that's why we all came, we, we all came here. Every single person in my dugout came here to go to Omaha. And it was three inches away in my mind. And that's how close we are. And, I, and I'm more excited about this year's team than I have been for a while because they've been there. They have a chip on their shoulder, and they should. Um, and they all came back for because they're motivated to win and win for each other. And then when you have that, that's that could be a dangerous combination. But we got to play the games, and you know we got to beat Cal. You know that's that's really where my focus is right now. There you go, Coach. I appreciate that. I have a feeling that if you give that speech before uh, opening night tomorrow night, your players will be ready to go. Uh, <laughs> 7 o'clock Central Time, uh, Kansas State and Cal on MLB Network to open the season. Coach, thanks so much for joining me on this special edition of the PowerCat Podcast. Good luck to you and your team this season. We will be watching. You got it. Thank you, Cole. This has been a GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street production. Please support this show by subscribing to this YouTube channel or follow us on your favorite podcast platform.